win or lose, are we feeling the love this morning? Well, now that we've had time to sleep on it, let's talk about it. It's time for Monday Morning Quarterback on WTMJ Now. Oh, is there a whole lot of love? I don't know. We'll find out. Packers dropping another game. Was it five in a row, four in a row? Four. Brandon Snide joining Big Time Sports Guy here in the big studio at WTMJ. I, I threw up a couple show polls just to see the mood of the room, the room being Packers fandom. It already has 300 votes. The show just started. If the Packers' offensive woes continue, not scoring in the first half, which is miserable, and they lose the rest of their games, Brandon Snide, you think Matt LaFleur will be fired? My answer? Yeah. No. No? Mm-mm. Right now you're agreeing with uh, about 45% of the sample. Um, yes, he will be 35%, maybe 17%. Mm-mm. No. Mm. Nope, 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 nope. I think when they made the move this April, Steve, when you sent off Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, I think, and I, nothing factual based on this, just an opinion, that there was an under-the-table agreement, hey, you got two years with Jordan Love. Because what did they do with Jordan Love? They extended him for two years. Interesting. So, so I think they're going to go in. You don't go into, in my opinion, I know a lot of people are out there and they're they're furious, they're, they're throwing their... They're foam bricks at the TV. They're frustrated with the Packers team, and I get it. It's frustrating to watch. They got booed at Lambeau yesterday. You and I were there. Mm-hmm. It was an ugly performance. It has been an ugly performance for four plus weeks now. You can really go back to week two, where they were week uh, two, where they lost uh, to Atlanta, where they, they that second half was just awful. In uh, really the Saints game, the week after too, they were awful for three quarters. But I think they went into the season like you got the youngest roster in the NFL. What what do you think the expectations would have been? Now I will say. And I talked about it this morning with extra points. You at some point, if you're Brian Goodikins, you're Mark Murphy, uh, Murphy, who's actually set to retire soon, so it matches up with the two years. I think 2025 is, is new president will come in. So that kind of matches up with the two years that I had predicted or that I had uh, said that he'd be on the hot seat. At some point throughout this course of the season, you have to see some progression. How do you get? How do you start week one? Score 38 points, and I know it's the Bears. But it's tough to score 38 points against any team in the NFL. It's still the NFL. Even week one, because the Packers have been right. slow starters the last right. few years. It's, and there's it, there's no more parity in any other league than the NFL. Um, so you score 38 points. The next week you score 24, you lose. But Steve, after that, can't you score. can't score. And you're not, I mean, you are an offsides penalty away from yesterday from not scoring again in the first half. In the first half. You didn't get a first down. The Packers didn't get a first down. I believe it was just over three minutes left. If my memory serves yeah. correctly, where they got the first down, yeah. and then you got the bronze cheer from the, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was hard to watch, and I I watched yeah. a lot of Packers games. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. If you have a question or feedback on the uh, old National Bank talking text line, dropping the uh, the game to the Vikings yesterday. Vikings got their own bit of bad news. Looks like their quarterback yeah. uh, Cousins will be out for the rest of the season with a uh, Achilles injury. Looks like a pretty bad one. Um, they're four and four. But that might be the highlight of their season coming back from my 0-3 start. Bears look horrible. Lions, class of the division. They should have it. They should have the division crowned by Thanksgiving, I would imagine. Yeah, and we because you can't anticipate Minnesota. And again, you were right. Like it felt bad for Kirk Cousins yesterday. Um, you, you knew as soon as he left on the cart, it's probably not good. Um, but the Lions, yeah, should be. I mean, the division should be locked up. They should be. They play the Packers on. Yeah, and well, I don't. You know what's going to happen? That's going to be the game where they, if the Lions win today, they yeah. clinch their oh first. Oh my goodness! 
Happy Come on, Thanksgiving. That's too early. Happy holidays. That'd be too, yeah. <laughs> go. He's already in holiday mode. Brandon Snide alongside as we uh, sort out. We'll do some positive and, and negatives after the break. Monday morning quarterback right here on WTMJ Now. We're down at eight. As Love airs it out looking for Reed. It's picked oh. off. Josh Metellus with the interception. One of the lowlights, the negatives of the, of the game yesterday, Packers losing to the Vikings 24-10 at Lambeau Field. And uh, we got a call, but I want to just get your thoughts on that play because it was an interesting interception mm-hmm. because, correct me if I'm wrong, the receiver, Reed, mm-hmm. had his hands on the ball ready to make the catch, and all of a sudden it's going the other way. Correct. What happened? There? Yeah, that was a play where, again, and I know everybody wants to jump to the box score and look at Jordan Love and... He only had a 72 quarterback rating. He only completed 24 or 41. He had an interception, blah, 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 blah. At some point, whether they're rookies, they're second-year receivers, at some point, Steve, these guys got to step up and make a play. A ball hitting Christian Watson in the hands in the end zone, and you know I love him more than most other Packer players. Right. Make a play. Aaron Jones, same thing. Make uh, a pass play. to the sidelines for a first down. Yeah. goes right through his hands. Make. I mean, I. It's the NFL's. none of these guys are perfect. Patrick Mahomes... Not, none of his passes. No, I shouldn't say none. Not every one of his pass is on target and do we, you know, falls into his lap. Jaden Reed needs to go up and make that play. It hit both of his hands. He let the defender take the ball. People will say it was underthrown. It was not underthrown because if it was overthrown, the safety on the top end of that would have intercepted it. If it was thrown anywhere to the right of the Jaden Reed, the cornerback that was coming in would have nailed Reed and probably separated the ball and maybe injured him. He get- he put the ball up where Reed could make a play and he he failed. They had six drop passes yesterday. What do you make of the fact that this team now, I think for five consecutive games, has not been able to really get anything going at all in the first half? And the startling thing for me is the, the, the worst performing offense in the first half by scoring the best performing offense in the second half. <laughs> that makes zero sense with the same players, same quarterback, same coach. Zero sense. And, and, and usually when you look at NFL teams, right, even if even the worst of the bunch, right, the Bears, I guess you can throw the Packers in there now, you know, you your first 15 plays of the game, they're all scripted. You know what you're going to run. Go and, Barring an injury in the first uh, series or two, all these plays, they do it on Saturdays. If the game's on Sunday, they do them Saturday mornings. They walk through. This is exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and everybody, I don't understand how we're not on the same page in the first, at least first quarter, because those are all scripted plays. Now, is it pre- preparation? I think it's part of that. Is it failure to adapt? I think it's part of it. Is it players just not making a play? That's also part of it. You saw Josh Myers whiff on a block yesterday on a key third and one. It's everybody. It's a chaotic mess. Um, but you know the finger pointing. Everybody wants the finger point at somebody, and I and I fully am on board for doing that. I understand that, um, but it's everybody. It really is. It falls on the head and shoulders of Matt Lafleur. You know, people are calling out Brian Gunnikins. We in the summer we were calling for this. We wanted this new new start, mm-hmm. fresh start, young roster. Let's get out and and let's and let's learn. And, and we know we're going to struggle. But I, you know, the the concerning part for me, Steve, is that you are not seeing any progression. Instead, you're regressing every year, with some or tough, every week. With some tough games coming up, we mentioned yeah. Kansas City and Detroit. Uh, from Lauren Las Vegas on the old National Bank talking text line, I was at the game and it was awful. Matt Lafleur needs to stop. Wor- yeah, I got the same thing. He needs to stop worrying about waving his arms to pump up the crowd <laughs> and worry about his play calling and the defense defensive play calling. That's Laura. Yeah, I don't need him to be a cheerleader. I need him to focus because right now the focus. On offense in the first half is miserable. 
They are not getting anything accomplished. And I know he talked after the game because I was listening to some of the postgame stuff about not being able to get into his offense because mm-hmm. of the short series. Well, your play calling is part of the problem why you're not being able to do that because you're not getting, you're not putting your team in the best possible position to succeed with the players you have on the field. You don't have Aaron Rodgers. You don't have Devontae Adams. You got these guys. Well, you want to take a guess at who your second leading receiver was yesterday? Whew, I have no idea. AJ Dillon. Yeah, that makes sense because they they were they were trying to utilize so, him. You know, I mean. Five targets, 41 yards. Here's the other thing, too. Aaron Jones. I We had this issue with Mike McCarthy when Aaron Jones was here. I, and now we're now we're seeing it at the you know back end of his career with Matt LaFleur. Seven carries. Why? Why is he only getting... He had a couple of receptions as well. He had four receptions. So he had 11 touches. Is it the injury? Is he just protecting him? Giving so him does, limited touches? So, you know, at the game yesterday, I was behind the Packers bench. It is taped up. His hamstring is right. that you know, but if he's out there, you know the Packers training staff is is ultra conservative. If if they're going to allow you to play, that means you've passed every one of their fifty thousand tests to play. And I gotta imagine he's he's near a hundred percent. I know he missed practice earlier in the week on Wednesday, but he he practiced Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So you know he trended into the right direction. But I gotta imagine that he's, he's healthier than eleven touches. Yeah, <laughs> underutilizing you know I mean? the only one of your superstars who is sort of healthy is seems like a, a, a you know a way to not succeed. Don joins us on the phone from the west side. Hey, Don, welcome to Monday Morning Quarterback with Brandon and Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, I got a, more of a comment. Um, I was disappointed yesterday to see that apparently so-called Packer fans sold their tickets to Vikings fans. And when the Vikings scored that touchdown, the receiver did a Lambo leap into the stands, and all you could see was purple jerseys there. If they don't want the tickets and just want to make profit from why don't they give them up and let people that want them get the tickets? Don, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up with them. At 9.30-ish, we're going to talk about that issue because I also noticed that I was at the game last. Thanks for the call, Don. Um, there was a, I would say it's about normal for Vikings it games. Was. I think so. But there was yeah. a healthy number, and he's right, in the end zone areas, which are the premium seats. Mm-hmm. That, I, I made a joke on Twitter last night, or the X, that people are, are funding their Christmases by selling their oh, yeah. their low low level bowl seats around the you know the the field for big money. They can watch it on TV. Well, the other thing too to to add to Don's point, you know, back years, you know, the last decade or so, really, you can go probably even further than that. A lot of these opposing fans didn't come because they knew Oof, not going to go and watch Brett Favre rip us apart. Not going to go watch. Aaron Rodgers rep his part. Now you're like, yeah, we could go. <laughs> right. <laughs> and when you're selling tickets, you don't know who's a fan of who. You know, it's, you put it on Ticketmaster or, or StubHub, you don't know who's buying it. It's not like you're looking for Vikings fans to buy. You put it out there, say you bought you know, your season tickets and you're selling it for 100% over the value. What you, you, Anybody would take that. Yeah, you take the money. <laughs> but there are things, and I'll, I'll talk about this in the, yeah, ni- sure. in the, the remaining t- time in the 930 uh, spot. There are some tricks that some teams, like the, the Titans and the Rams, are utilizing to kind of limit that. And to be honest, I've kind of been supportive of that. All right, uh, give me a quick positive before we go to break. Rashawn Gary. That's it. That's Signing it. a four-year, $107 million extension, Steve. This is a guy that the Packers drafted. Took, took a lot of heat when they drafted him. He was a project player, kind of like what we're anticipating with Lucas Van Ness over the next couple of years. Drafted Rashawn Gary. Tore his ACL in devastating fashion against the Detroit Lions last year in November. Comes back, plays 
Another guy that is just a leader, plays on the field, leads a team in sacks this season with four and a half. He becomes the highest paid uh, defensive player in Packer history with that contract. I think it's going to equal out to about $27 million a year. And I don't think there's a argument to be made that he is the most deserving Packer. He is a true guy that, that really carries the G. So that's my positive. Rashawn Gary had a couple good plays yesterday, got called for a weak flag. I, that's a whole other argument. These referees, though. My, oh, God, my, my goodness. I've watched a lot of games like, just after I got home. Keep the Ooh. flag in your pocket. Like it's, Every play is not a flag. So uh, Rashawn Gary, that's my positive. Other than that, you know, I, there's there's really not a whole lot. Yeah, not a lot to cheer about. No. But uh, we shall see. Mark, you're next up on the phone lines. Also want to talk to you a little bit, of, uh, Brandon, about the uh, trade deadline approaching. Are the Packers buyers or sellers? I say sellers. What do you say? 855-616-1620 on Monday morning quarterback right here on WTMJ. I know everybody's frustrated. I'm frustrated. It's certainly not for lack of effort, but ultimately this game's that only gets you so far. you got to go out there and execute and give yourself an opportunity to win games. And, you know, it's disappointing, especially being back in Lambeau, to, to not be able to find a way to win. Head coach Matt LaFleur, being at Lambeau means nothing. This team, home field advantage means nothing to this Matt LaFleur's version of the Packers. Having a pro-Packers crowd on the road means nothing. We saw it in Denver. We saw it in Las Vegas. It means nothing to this team. And yet he still wants to cheerlead on the sidelines. But we'll get to all of that. Mark joins us. From Sheboygan on Muddy Morning Quarterback. Good morning, Mark. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, I was listening to you guys. I agree with everything you guys say. It does. It's all falling on the management and the players. That's a big part of it. But my main concern is they're not even competitive right now. They're not even making most of their games even close or even, you know, they're getting beat. There's a difference between losing and getting beat. And they're getting beat in these games now. They're not even, they're not even getting close anymore. Hey, let me, going out there and getting beat. Let me ask you this question, Mark. Let me ask you this question. If if they don't win another game and they continue to show nothing in the first half, should Lafleur be fired? That's my show poll question today. Uh, I, that's hard to say, really. It really is. But I would say if he has a, a poor year, I would say start looking for, yes, maybe another coach. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Mike McCarthy might be doing a better job right now. Yeah, we're not going to get him now. He'd be too expensive. Thanks for the call, Mark. All right, so the trade deadline is what Tuesday or yeah, okay, Tuesday. So are we? I'd say we're sellers. We should be. We're not buying any. But part of me thinks they're going to go out and try to get players, and that would be Mm. insane. It depends. Like if you go out and get a guy that matches up with you know where you well let's say it a receiver experience yeah like receiver. if you say like okay okay for that's a great one so let's say like let's take an example out of Denver Jerry Judy he would be somebody I would go and and trade for or Cortland Sutton same receiver uh, or same team uh, receiver as well in Denver those are two guys but they're not going to sell because now they're winning and their defense is playing yeah better. they might I mean the AFC is a little tougher than the NFC right now but I don't necessarily I think they're I think Sean Payton's probably mad. That they're winning because he was looking forward to getting. <laughs> really high he talked about Caleb Williams. This is when he worked on yeah. Fox, like like he was like he owned him. So it was, uh, um, you know, I, I think they need to be sellers. I don't think they're going to sell them. Who would you sell if you if you are pulling the strings? Who would you sell on this team? I would have a fire sale. Really, uh, Jair Alexander. It's been fun. Thank you, Preston Smith. You know, when you were here with the Smith Smith brothers, give him a fun. chance. Give him a chance to win. He's yeah. playing great. Have you know? Go to somewhere you know where you have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Uh, Devondre Campbell. It's been fun. See ya. Also you know? playing pretty well. 
No. Well, what are we ta- What are we going to get back for these guys, though? You're not going to get much because these are guys that are either expiring deals yeah. eventually or high paid. Like Campbell, that's a five year, fifty two million dollar deal. Jair Alexander was at one point the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. I don't know where the market is right now. And Preston Smith, I believe, is on an expiring deal. So you're not going to get a ton. But if you were to trade all three of those players and you're able to get rid of that contract, you're going to grab some draft capital. Say you get a couple of fourths, maybe a couple of fifths, but you clear out $60 more million on your books, you're going into next year with... Right now, the Packers have $63 million on just dead cap, Steve. Right. Like, just the Mostly Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Mostly Aaron Rodgers. Like, next year, that all falls off. Yep. You trade off these three players, which I don't think they're going to, but if I was Brian Gunikins, I would seriously debate it. Because, you know, it's a catch-22 with a trade deadline because you're trying to establish a culture in Green Bay, and you don't want to be the organization. You don't want to be Brian Gunikins where players start talking around the league like, hey, you know, come trade deadline. If you're not doing good, he'll ship you off. You want to have, you want to develop respect and, 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 and practice good business habits. And I don't think that Green Bay is in the, is going to be the team that's going to. So they're going to stand pat. I think so. Okay. Which the actually, only way, I, the only trade I would, the only one I would see them going to do is a trade that matches up, you know, where how they want to be next year, going into next year and beyond. You know that that lines up with guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. You know, there's probably a few other ones that I'm forgetting. That matches up with those guys because at some point you got to address the receiver situation. There is no dominant alpha number one receiver on this team, and that's no. the other issue. They're all kind of the same. They're all kind of the same. It could be Christian Watson, but he. he for whatever reason, it's it, it's not. He's not transforming into what we anticipated. Not he after was his going brilliant to be. Not after starts, that, yeah, yeah. That nine touchdowns in eight games or whatever it was. Um, he, he has a size and frame to do it, but it's just not him. Romeo Dobbs is a good two or three number receiver, but you need that alpha one, that that top dog like you had in Devontae Adams and Jordy Nelson. They don't have that right now. Jordan Love doesn't have a go-to weapon. All right, I think we did this. We'll wrap with this. I think we picked our wins total for the year at the beginning of the season. I think I said eight, eight and nine, something like that. I'm I'm re revising mine to five, five wins. Yeah, you think they have three more? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that seems like, I, like a more reasonable estimate. Yeah, I was listening to the uh, Green Bay game night. I think Jason Wildey said six last night, uh, and he knows more about the Packers football than anybody. I couldn't. I was sitting there driving home from Green Bay. I couldn't imagine four more wins. I I don't see it. I don't think you beat the Chargers. I don't think you beat the Chiefs. I don't think you beat uh, the Rams next week. Well, Lions, Matthew Stafford kind of depends. Vikings gonna, in Minnesota. You're not going to beat the, the Vikings. You're not going to beat uh, Pittsburgh the on the road. Pittsburgh on the road is probably not going to happen. But that's kind of a dire. Uh, it's the schedule. This was the easier part of yeah, the schedule. These are the games you're supposed to win. September, October, you should have you know you should have grabbed seven, so, eight wins. So what was your number then? If we're at two right now, I would say I would say four, and I think four. that's pushing it. So you say four, I say four. Well, they have Carolina on the schedule. That. That's a toss-up right now. I, there's to me, there's no <laughs> toss-ups. They should be. No, I mean, like that could go either way. I guess the other games that we talked about, they're not winning. Is this a team that the Packers that will get a top five draft pick? Right now, they're at number six. So yes, as the season progresses, they're going to lose. They're going to go up in the draft order. If they can get into the top three, now that's going to be the next debate. Okay, so then what are they going to pick with this top five? Because they don't need a quarterback. they got Jordan Love. Are, are they going to sure? pick one anyway? I don't, I'm not sure about that's anything. That's the thing, though. That's the thing, you know, where that's where Brian Gutekinds is really going to have to look in the mirror and identify, and that's the part that sucks for if you're a Packers fan because you wanted this year to be your answer on Jordan Love. Mark Murphy said by week eight, we're going to know what we have in Jordan week Love. Week eight, so we just had we, a week We eight. just had week eight. Yeah. We don't know, do no. we? No. Because his receivers had six drop passes. That's according to Matt LaFleur. That's not just me. That's six drop passes in a game where you had an opportunity to at least make it a, a close game at the end of the game to, uh, 
Uh, Dontavian Wicks with a drop at the goal line on third down. I mean, back-breaking drops on third down all over the field. All right, get out of here and make me sad. <laughs> good to see you. Rashawn Gary, though. That's good news. Good news for Sticking the Packers. Some, some defensive stalwarts that are now going to be around the Kenny Clarks, the... Uh, the, uh, the, the, the big contracts are sometimes necessary, and this team has to commit to somebody because they're going to have some money to spend next year. All right, thank you, Brandon Stein, Big Time Sports Guy. That has been this week's edition of Monday Morning Quarterback.